Rises up, the shot, and it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won! Let's not miss, bitch. Bruzewitz to midcourt. Rust has it, lets it go! Lets it go! What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> By Taylor, the 20, to the 15, cuts inside, 10, 5, touchdown, Wisconsin! Welcome back to the Badger Notes After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Grant. Welcome back to another episode of the Badger Notes After Dark Podcast, part of the Big Banter Sports Network. I'm your host, Dylan Graff, co-founder of BadgerNotes.com. You can follow the podcast on YouTube at Badger Notes After Dark or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. We got the band back together, fellas. Uh, I'm glad to see that everyone has made a swift recovery. Coop, you still California sober? I am. I am. Congratulations the, uh, on that. Well, thank you. We got the great value uh, purified <laughs> drinking water today. I was shocked to hear that when I listened to the pod last last week. No, you know, a little hey, break. Never hurt yeah, anybody. It's no, good for the soul. No, I'm no joining way. you. I'm I'm on the water tonight. Love so it, boys. Myself. Team hydration. Team hydration. I, knew you, I already knew you had a propel. You didn't need to show us. <laughs> Wolf fist and two. <laughs> the dual propel is wow. Yeah. You know, uh, at least he didn't have his eight foot bottle this time. Yeah, <laughs> bottle. Still got the big bottle. <laughs> So, fellas, we got we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I don't I don't think we'll probably approach this the the same way that we normally would on you know a game by game basis. You know, kind of breaking it down. Um, you know, there are a couple of things we're we're going to talk mostly hoops, kind of where we stand on on this team, where they're headed. Uh, you know, start talking about Greg Gard and his, how hot his seat is or isn't right now. Uh, but above all else, the probably the number one most important thing is that after years and years and years of waiting, we finally have confirmation college football is coming back to us and it's coming back soon. And uh, there are, there are men all across the United States right now that are rejoicing and going to be reliving their, their youth through this game. And so it's going to, you know, kind of lead us off with a discussion that, uh, you know, Coop wanted to float last week. I think it's a good one. Uh, You know, we've been without college football since 2014 and that's a game that, I'm embarrassed to admit how many snaps I've still logged, you know, here a decade yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, you know, which athletes, um, you know, what, what have, would you have liked to have seen on the cover of that? Uh, you know, I, first I want to go around the table, you know, with who you would want to be on there that is not a Badger, and then we can kind of run back around uh, with who from Wisconsin you felt like would have been a good rep. And Coop, since this is your question, I want to throw it to you. Unfortunately, Jameis Winston's not on the table. I know. Obviously, you're the biggest Jameis guy in the world, but uh, who 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 would be second if you had to pick? Um, well, before I pick, just credit where credit's due. I stole this from a tweet from John McNamara. I was like, man, that's an awesome question for the podcast. So that's how we got here. I'm not that creative. Um, so my non-badgers I kind of had, obviously, Marshawn Lynch. I named my dog after the guy. But I think he was still – at Cal when the game was out, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. See, that's the issue. I like yeah, 10 years. I, I was going to say, I think he would have left college like six yeah. years before the game stopped being made. <laughs> like, try to like try to think of people like that. Because, like, Des Bryant, was he ever in the game? Because he was another one I had. I, I mean, he, he would have definitely been on the game. Like, these are people you have to start thinking 2015. I know. And that's where I'm having issues. Um, just to be completely honest, 
that's like when I started thinking about it, I was like, fuck, because if you're not counting guys who like were in the game, it's kind of hard. Yeah, um, was like 08. Was he? Yeah. Well, yeah, clearly I'm not prepared for this as I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll toss it over to Ryan then. Who, who, you, who, who you got for us? Somebody who, you know, would have played 2015 or later. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, I, you got to think about it pre-Michael Caputo going into the Alabama huddle and then post-Alabama huddle. Uh, anybody that played with a Michael Caputo when he got knocked out trying to tackle Derrick Henry, <laughs> anything since then, basically. Uh, that was the beginning of the 2015 season. Uh, for me, uh, as you guys know, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, so I think it's pretty easy where I'm going with this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the 2008, 2018 Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, had over 5,000 total yards. for uh, First team All-American, NFL Rookie of the Year, which doesn't matter for the NCAA game, but just an electric factory, Kyler Murray. Um, he is, if he was in this game, it would it's it's a cheat code. I mean, he runs sub 4-4, he's got a rocket, and he's like 5-6. And I love him, so I can make the short joke on him. But <laughs> you're not going to catch him, you're not going to see him, and then he would just terrorize people in this game. So I, I'm, I'd pick Kyler Murray. Yeah, Ky- Kyler would have been sick. He was obviously yeah. one of, one of, if not maybe, the most decorated quarterback in like Texas high school football history, and that's no small feat when you – consider all of the incredible players that have come out of that state in, in particular, but yeah, yeah that, that's a, that's a really good one. 42 and 0 in high school. That That's pretty good for Texas six, a 42 and 0. But yeah, like when you're thinking about, since you're asking the question about cover art, I could just imagine him with, cause he always wears this like uh Bruce Lee headband just on the cover pads up, yoked up, no helmet and just throwing the horns down. Oh, Makes me moist just thinking about it. <laughs> Jay, who you got for us? I'm going with uh, my my more though. I I think Kyler Murray is a really good uh, pick because like he was really really good. I feel like he was really good throughout all of college. My pick is a guy who I think was good for like one year and then left to the NFL. So. I don't know if it would really be that good, but I'm going with Joe Burrow because that year he had at LSU is just so nasty. And all the videos that came out, you know, like with him having the Burrow spelled like the go on the back of his jersey yeah. out of the field, like that was some of the coolest shit in the world. So, and, and Joe Burrow is just a likable guy. Like, smoking so I, a stick. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty. Yeah, that's Joe great. Burrow. I like that. that that's a no-brainer. That's 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 who I you know initially was going to pick, and I could tell where you were going with that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I my 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 one B option, uh, you know, off of that would be I would have to go with Lamar Jackson. Like that's a talk about a guy like in the game yeah. who I think would have been unreal. Uh, you know, 2016 Heisman winner. I mean, he's still doing the shit in the NFL. Like, again, like that doesn't matter, but you're talking about a guy who you're probably throwing on like a 97, 98 speed, a guy who's playing for Louisville Cardinals. Like, yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah. Just, just tearing it up. I, I think Lamar would have been, uh, would have been a pretty sick one. Yeah. Lo- love me some Lamar <laughs> electric factory. Yeah. Um, now that I un- finally understood my own assignment, uh, <laughs> I like Ezekiel Elliott would have been a dope one. I love Ooh. Zeke with the him crop top. When him with the crop top, dude. Crop that would have been fucking sick. Um, Josh Allen, 
would have been another cool one. Oh yeah. Uh Baker Mayfield. Love Baker. I feel like him flag. Him planting the flag for the cover would have oh dude. I would have fucking bought a separate game just to put in a glass case of that. <laughs> uh Kyler Murray was a really good one. I'm trying to think who else just like looking Smith, maybe. I mean any Heisman yeah. winner, really any Heisman winner in the last ten years probably could have could be a good option. Yeah. Like Justin Jefferson at LSU. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Would have been fucking sick. Let's throw a Badger one. So I'm excited for the Badger ones now. Jay, let's, let's throw it right to you. Who, who from well, Wisconsin during that time frame would you love to have on there? Yeah, my 1A, and I'll let you guys go, and I got an honorable mention. But my 1A is what used to represent Wisconsin football better than the fullback? I'm going with Alec Ingold, the touchdown. Hell yeah. Like, how funny would that have been? Alec Ingold to be on the cover of a of an NCAA football that would have been hilarious. Uh, awesome player, like even to this day, yeah. he's a Pro Bowler this year. Like, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I actually remember watching I was with my uh, college roommate Cal. We watched him play at, when he was at Bayport when he was still a quarterback against James Morgan, who also you know went Division One. And little did I know he was going to turn into yeah a, f- a fullback who <laughs> in a, in a season actually had to get. Pretty significant carries. Him and Daria Gumbawale had to yeah. you know, kind of shoulder the load in the season. That was uh, unexpected. But, yeah, Alec Ingold, man, fullback, Badger, love that. Love all that. Oh, an awesome pick. Ryan, who, who would you throw on there? Well, kind of with Jay, when he has an honorable mention, I don't know if we're going to circle back to him. I, I This person I probably wouldn't want to put on the cover, but it's one of my favorite Badgers of all time, and I think it would be cool. Uh, especially after the, I think it was a 2016 Holiday Bowl, uh, three sack sitch would be pretty Ooh, would be pretty sick. That's a really good one. When he's like, like celebrating that. with uh, old old buddy laying on the ground, I can't remember which washed up USC overrated quarterback that went to the NFL <laughs> that was, but uh, insert any of them. Um, but I think I like obviously I'm just gonna go Jonathan Taylor. I'm gonna go chalk on yeah. that one uh, with an honorable mention to. Rafa Gaglianone, just because he's out there just doing the ole on the cover. Oh, that'd be sick too. But I'm gonna go JT. I love that. Yeah, I mean JT, if he would have returned for a senior year, and obviously there was zero, zero reason to yeah. do that, just would have eviscerated rushing records. Like just truly a special, special talent. That sometimes I. I question whether or not people appreciated him the way that he deserved because he came from such a strong lineage of tailbacks. It, it, you know, to some degree, that was like almost an expectation that you would have like a 1600 plus yard rusher. But I mean, look what happened as soon as he left. You know, obviously he was covering up a lot of warts because he was a special, special talent. Well, you kind of look at that too. And, and Baku, before you go, uh, to that point, though, is like, how much do we say, like, oh, Braylon, he just didn't meet the mark. He didn't meet. Braylon's put up great numbers, but when you follow JT, it's like yeah. it just—it's almost like you took him for granted, but yet he also still dwarfs anything that comes after him. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'm right. Braylon's ninth on the school's all-time leading rushing list at a, a decorated a school that's just littered with talented running yeah. backs. But yeah, like we look at him, like, nah, yeah, I guess that's just what right. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's pretty uh, tough to stack up against. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Right. What you got? Um, 
I had Joe Schobert. He was always one of my fucking favorite players at Wisconsin. And the, the, he just had, like, so many big moments. That would have been sick for, like, the picture on the cover oh, art. Maybe. Yeah. Had a hell of an NFL career, too. He got two or three contracts. Boy, boy got paid. So he was a fucking super good player. Um, shout out my Dallas Cowboys. Jake Ferguson would have been fucking sick. Uh, um, what the fuck do they call it? Like the or like limited edition cover with Jake Ferguson and Barry Alvarez on it would have been fucking Ooh, sweet. Yeah, not bad. Oh, like that Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady on the Madden. Just put yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Family yeah. business is like the tag. Oh, or, yeah, like a picture of like. Barry like getting carried off at the Rose Bowl or whatever, and then like Jake Ferguson, uh, who could have like been catching sick. a pass at the Rose Bowl. Like yeah, like that would have been sick. Um, and then dude, I Quintus Cephas. <laughs> hey, if you're, if you're gonna gamble, on, you know how many people are gonna gamble on playing fucking games against each other. You might as well represent on your cover. So, yeah, that Quintus was was awesome, man. Him and him and Cone were. Honestly, like a, they were a really good combination. I Quintez was probably the best wideout individual that we've had come through Wisconsin in in a little while. Obviously, we got a guy like Will Pauling now who's yeah. starting to establish himself. But Quintez like had the makeup of a boundary NFL receiver. He just got caught up doing the same shit that every other man in America is doing. But we'll Damn never him. forget his contribution well. to that beat in Minnesota. That that game that uh, when they had game day and they put it on the rings, him running through that snowy, blustery weather, catching <clears> touch <throat> to beat Minnesota at home in Minnesota. Oh, on their senior day, game day, chance to go to the Big Ten championship. I'll never, I'll never forget that Quintez. Even if you gambled and you had some suspects stuff going on, yeah, it would have, it would have been a controversial cover. Let's let's that out there <laughs> for a few reasons. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Definitely would have made national news, but uh, my honorable mention, not controversial cover, would be uh, just to pay an homage, homage to uh, the biggest beautiful Sports Illustrated cover with all the offensive linemen in like the huddle. Yeah, like David David Edwards, Biotic, Jack Nelson, uh, those guys. I think that I mean that represents Wisconsin pretty well too. I think if be- I had to. If I had to pick one Wisconsin player in particular, and obviously this is what one where it's with the benefit of hindsight, like they didn't enter with the amount of hype that they exited the season with, what for me would be TJ Watt. I mean, yeah, that's I, I I went through a couple months back and charted all of the you know pressures numbers that you know in the Pro Football Focus database, um, you know from 2013 on, and kind of comp that to see like who had the most pressures ever in a season to try to start putting context into, uh, you know, really specifically for like the edge, but uh, TJ Watt has the most in a single season in Wisconsin history since they've, you know, been charted with 57 and the season before that he had 12 as a rotational pass rusher. So he just exploded onto the scene. Like he went from a rotational guy to the guy really quickly. And, yeah, he he was a special player. Um, you know, I, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be my pick, but uh, Leo Chanel with death row, you know, painted on his arms. I could see that. Big Ten yep. linebacker of the year. That's some love for that. Two time Super Bowl champ. Yeah, that's all the guy knows. Yeah, just knows how to win. So, fellas, uh, time to talk a little hoops. Um, 
it, it's been a roller coaster ride here last last couple of weeks in particular. Uh, Wisconsin was able to get the win over Maryland last night uh, in a basically a fucking free throw shooting contest at the end of the game. Uh, that that was ridiculous for reasons we don't need to get into. Um, you know, overtime loss against Iowa. Jay, what are you seeing right now? Like, what what what's going right? What's what's not? And uh, what's preventing this team from getting back to the version of themselves that they were just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I was looking at like the team stats and trying to look at this last game, Maryland, and you know the last game Iowa before that. All these games to try to find like a trend, and like it's kind of hard to find a trend because it's like one game they're terrible at shooting free throws, next game they're terrible at shooting threes, but they shoot free throw well turnovers though has definitely been a consistent one like earlier in the season i think before this run i was like these turnovers aren't that crazy that's it's an average for a reason and the badgers just keep turning the ball over and they're making just boneheaded boneheaded passes all the time like stuff that we just haven't seen this team do and i i gotta be honest guys i'm been at the level where it's like i can't wait to get out of big 10 basketball play but I couldn't even, I didn't even watch the final 10 minutes of that game last night. I was like, this game's slipping away out of our hands. I'm going to go to bed. I hope I'm going to wake up with good news. Couldn't even watch it. I was, I just, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what's going wrong. I, I'm just, the team confuses me. I just think we're terrible at shooting threes and we kind of just keep shooting them and keep shooting them and hope they go in and, and they don't. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, there are over the four game losing streak. I think there were a lot of of trends you could point to and say like, "Hey, these these three things are consistently going poorly." But since the Ohio State game, you're right. Like it, it the the problem that's shot them in the foot has changed each game. Where like there are aspects that you can tell have been a point of emphasis and that they corrected, but it was always met with something else. You know, falling through the cracks and. Yeah, this team, this is not a three point shooting team. You know, the numbers reflect that they're pretty much uh, an average team across college basketball, but they're shooting far too many for a team that is not connecting on them at all right now. And, you know, to your point about turnovers, like we're, we're, we play at a slow enough pace that even if our, our average, you know, is low and it's a number you can stomach, for me, it's always going to come down to the percentage of, the percentage of your possessions that end in a turnover and that number has been really high lately. Yeah. I mean, first thing I had in my notes is kind of basically what you guys said. Uh, three point shooting continues to be a big fucking problem and turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And then another thing I had um, towards the top of my list was just the second halves of games this year. How many games are we up double digits in the first half and you just know, you're like, this lead is not safe with this nope. team. And give me a break on trying to bleed the clock with three minutes left in like a fucking six-point game. I'm, I love Greg Gard. I think he's a great basketball coach. That was fucking stupid. And I'd tell him right to his face. That was fucking dumb. What, what are we doing here? And then um, some different rotations from Gard, too, which were interesting. Um, we can touch on that uh, in a little bit. Um, AJ Store being on the bench for the final, what seemed like 10 minutes, but I think it was like two and a half, um, was very interesting to me. So those were a couple takeaways. Another one I had was if the Badgers lost that game, I would have had to completely flip on Max Klesman for doing that fucking sleep thing. Buddy, 
There's way too much time left in this damn basketball game. We do not have a big enough lead for you to be acting like you're fucking Steph Curry out here. All right. <laughs> I love Max, but what are we doing here? Brother? I think like, all right, like I was fully ready to send this in the group chat that I think Klesman's been terrible over the last like few games. I think he'd tell you that. Free throws, like he's been really bad, I feel like. Like he's scared to shoot the ball offensively right now. And that's like totally opposite of what we saw. I mean, making that three is huge for him. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like good. But don't be celebrating like you're fucking Steph Curry. Well, I'm you're shooting like 15% over your last six. Now he's not been hesitant, and we're seeing a lot of better offense. And now Max is like, yeah, shooting. So we've seen a lot of Max getting the ball kicked out to him for open looks and, you know, pump fake and hesitating. And then the man's collapse on him. They've lost their spacing. You're right. Like, I, I don't think. To be honest, I don't think he's played particularly well on either side of the floor. Um, no, you know, something, something's definitely been off there. But uh, you know, ma- making it when it mattered, obviously that was huge, and it was nice to see Max put a few through the other night. He came through on the free throw line. Ryan, how about you, man? Yeah, I, I just kind of look back because you, obviously you have to look at the season in totality. But like, it almost seems like you know it kind of started off rough. You know, <laughs> you had Tennessee in there, you had Providence in there. And then you went on a really good run. And a lot of that run was supported by very good shooting. Like we were, I mean, isn't that how kill a Klesmit, like the nickname came about. And it's almost like, did that artificially inflate how good we thought we were? Now, obviously we went on a run there where we went up to number six in a country and then we lost, you know, five of seven. So the, the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I think what, what makes me nervous the most and my biggest takeaway is we don't need like super hot shooting again, but we can't we can't have this this bad of three point shooting. No. Like, that, like it keeps it keeps being something different. Like at the end of the day, like Wisconsin teams can't turn the ball over. Like we don't have enough dudes on the floor to make up for that kind of like carelessness with the basketball. So it's like at some level, like we got to tighten up the passes. We we have to get a lot better on the turnovers. And at the end of the game, like what it really comes down to is like like Jay was saying, like, how many leads do you not feel safe with? Like, all of them. When have we ever said that about a Wisconsin team where it's like, oh, we got a lead. Oh, we're fucked. It's well, like, you know, Wisconsin had a lead. It's like, all right, I can go to bed this next seven minutes. They'll win by what they're up by right now. It'll be ugly. But it's just every it's single one takeaway. of the losses, every single one of our losses, they've given up more than 70 points. And so yeah. like, they said they were, and that's in the, they said on the broadcast, they're giving up averages 75 points over the last like seven games or, or over the losing streak. And, if if you can't make threes, you better be able to get through the free throw line thirty one times like we did yeah. last night, or you better be able to play some fucking defense. Right. Or we well, can't no, do can't either. Like you know what I mean. You yes. either you either play defense or you make threes. And when those nights when you're not making threes, you got to buckle it up on defense, not keep going over and then giving up points because then you're just going to get run out of the gym. Yeah. Right. Defense is the one thing that can travel with you when your offense is not there, and uh, th- this team. I mean, quite frankly, they're they're just not good at defense. And I no, and I struggle sometimes weird. to understand why when you look at like I, I think individually I look at Chucky and Max and and Tyler as plus defenders. Like I think individually all three of those guys are 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 plus defenders. You know, and I think Steve, you know, while he's not a rim protecting threat, I think he is an adequate defender for sure. He's he's really good in in ball screen defense and 
stuff like that. And obviously AJ store is not, he, he just isn't, no. but I, I, I don't, I don't know how that, I, I just don't. And like, you know, I even want, I can point to a guy like John Blackwell. Like I think your top five of your top six guys are all adequate to above average defenders. And there's just something, something that is not working, something that's not cohesive. And, you know, the players guard, everyone has talked about it, you know, at nauseum over the, over this losing streak. And, you know, I think to some degree, like basket playing defense at a high level is about cohesion and effort. And, it just doesn't seem like they they want to write this wrong bad enough, and I think that's where it scares me if they can't correct this turnover problem because they're still scoring at a pretty damn efficient clip. But it doesn't matter if you're giving away possessions, and then when you give them away, you're you know you're allowing your opponent to score at a pretty high clip themselves. I just Turn, one, something's got to give. It's either, either the defense got to take a huge step forward collectively, which I think at this point in the season, I'm not confident is going to happen. Um, or they can clean up the turnovers and they're just simply going to have to outscore teams. And I, I, I just don't love that reality. No. And it sucks because, like I mentioned, like Store was on the bench for the last few minutes because of his defense, I'm assuming. But when a guy's that athletic, it's like you said, Dylan, it's. Not that he's not putting effort in, but it's like 95% effort on defense. And when you're this athletic and this bad at defense, it's kind of, it it could be a problem. And I don't want to question the guy's fucking effort. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying, when you got a freaking nature like this and defense is his like vulnerability, like usually it's the opposite for guys who go like Kawhi Leonard. That dude couldn't shoot to save his fucking life when he played at San Diego State. And then all of a sudden turned into like what two time final MV, finals MVP, won a championship with the fucking Raptors, scoring almost 30 points a game. Like that's how those body types usually go. So it's kind of weird to see with Store on that. And then another thing with the turnovers, too, I had, I don't know how many passes I've seen, just lazy passes over the past like five or six games, especially though from Stephen Crowell when he gets doubled on the block trying to throw up to the yep. top of the key or something. I don't know how many times a game and you did the balls in midair and you're just like, that's a dumb fucking pass, dude. Yep. I, I think more than anything uh, that Steven crawl was probably the key to Wisconsin being the best version of themselves. I mean, if, if you look at the, like just some advanced stats, like outside of Chucky Hepburn, Steven crawl is responsible for the next most, points scored on the team between his own and distribution, but he had five turnovers last night and yeah. I'm fairly certain he had four against Iowa and you're right. Like it, he, he had always in the past been able to kill you if you doubled him, but it was always that like the late double, you know, he'd get to start back in his man down the double, the double would show and he would hit a cutter. Well, right now they're they're doubling they're him right, him right the out block, the gate, basically. and he's yeah. not been able to answer, and it's it's led to a lot of turnovers, and that's, that's super frustrating. It, I don't know. Steve Steve's a really good player, but this is a a different problem he's not had to navigate yet in his career, and he's going to have to figure it out. I mean, it's but, not just a him problem; it's a it's a it's a group problem because other players around him need to make themselves available, cut cut at the right times. No, anticipate this is coming because the book is out. But uh, the right fire were is, an issue too. 
Yeah, I, we, I we've, we've seen we've seen some foul trouble, not just from Steve, but like from this group as a whole. And Tyler, every game, I feel like he's got four fouls with eight minutes left to go. Yeah, you know, I think that Iowa game in particular, when Tyler, he, he was on the bench for as long as he was, but when he came back in, all of a sudden, like, flip oh. switch and and wisconsin yeah. was, was rolling and then they lost him and like and that was it like it just if he doesn't fall out we win tough. that game yeah yeah i feel pretty confident in that i, yeah, I do if they don't miss if we don't miss 10 well, free throws too. exactly <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of if has and but a, a lot of things about that game yeah. but hey, hard to win on the road in the big 10 we saw that tonight with illinois <laughs> yeah do you guys think it's a little bit of a lack of accountability though because we, cause we talk about, like, the team, like you, you, like, you guys just went through and you were laying out, like, Store being great great athletically, not great on defense, Chucky turning it over. It seems like everyone has kind of a longer leash except for Connor. Is he fucks up, he's getting yanked. But is since guards' rotation is so short, do you, do you think – and this is a question. This isn't a passive-aggressive shot at guard here. But do you think – true question. Like, do you think he's lacking accountability – for the guys because like in previous years whether the backup was as good as you or not you're getting yanked off the floor but it seems like we kind of just work through it because you know we we don't have a deep rotation because it's like like you're saying like with Crowell he does a bad pass it's like why don't you put winter in but before even though you would you you'd lose the battle to win the war and it just seems like now it's kind of like we need all five of those guys to kind of go and there's not to me it just seems like there's not necessarily an accountability factor anymore because once no. one player starts slipping a little bit, like Store doesn't play the greatest defense, and now Chucky starts turning it over, and now Carl's got it. Just seems like we're kind of all like, ah, we're we're not getting pulled. We're just going to kind of do what we want. No, I think that's a I think it's a fair question. Um, you know, it. I don't I don't know the best way to answer it, but uh, I, I think that guard has loosened up a little bit over the years in terms of like letting some people play through mistakes once they've earned his trust when they've earned the right. And I don't know how you quantify that. Um, but with, you know, I think like to compare store and a siege like store is still a net positive player by, you know, you know, really pick any analytic metric you want in terms of like what he's giving you as a positive compared to what he's giving up. And Connor is not Connor is a, a pretty stark negative at this point. And, that, and, I, and I'm a guy who fully thinks having a good version of Connor Siegen on this team is super important off the bench. But I, I think the good that you get from store and how much you need someone like him to hunt their shot for the sake of everyone around him, I think that's why you see him get some more leash. Um, yeah, but I, I think to your point about Steve, some of his troubles, we've seen – Guard yank him a few times, but he's back out there pretty quickly. So it's yeah. like always to prove a real quick point, but like, right, he's not losing a lot of playing time as a result. So I don't know. I mean, guard has made it pretty clear he intends to to ride the starters harder down the stretch. Like, not. I, I think the bench is going to stay pretty short here, and uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a trust thing, and I don't. I don't think there are a lot of guys right now outside of John that he trusts to play for any significant amount of time. Yeah, I mean, who who are you if you when you think about it where you take Max Kuzmet or Chucky Hepburn out of the game, like what's next at guard? Without no, I Kamara, agree. I'm just yeah, saying that's what I yeah, that's what I, I agree with you. I agree it seems like 
it seems like Connor has a short leash. I would say Store has a short leash, like relatively relative to everybody else. But I think that's because there isn't anybody else to put in that. Like there is nobody behind Klesmet. There's nobody behind Chucky. Hepburn. Would that be on roster management? Then I heard all off season about the depth we were supposed to have, and like, <laughs> could this be the could this be the biggest rotation guards ever have? And then when it gets to nut cutting time, it's like we got six or seven guys, and that's it. And fifteen games in, we all still felt that way. And yeah. Then, well, that's tough. what I'm saying. And then why? Why now? Like, was I? I really like Kamari McGee. I, I, if I was to play basketball, I'd probably play basketball a lot like that. Undersized guy that plays bigger than he can and like goes balls to the wall. But losing one guy, like, we, was he that important? I mean, I don't want to diminish his role, but but was he that important where everything falls apart when your backup guard is out? Like, I mean, yeah, because Chucky can sit for fucking ten or twelve minutes, and I don't think you lose that much on defense when that comes, yeah. comes in and that's why like he's gonna but that's what i'm saying like one sense. player out of your 15 or your 13 scholarship like i don't know it, it, I, I mean I, it's, I, it's I, a loss but is it a team ruining loss no it shouldn't I, I, be I, gonna I think that's where i'm at i think that's where i'm at too is that it it shouldn't be the kind of move you know that that can derail things and i i definitely don't think on its own derailed the team or anything but that that it was a pretty notable loss because like i i think a lot of coaches and this is a gripe that i you know do have with some with guard and how he kind of manages in-game situations sometimes is that like i think a lot of other people would potentially push opportunities down the line where greg is not willing to do that you know he we he used isaac Lindsay for you know two minutes in a game and then one minute for another like for him, he just leans harder into who he does trust. And if you're not in that rotation, like you're, you're just not a part of it. And that's not to say, and like, we can talk about this separately, but like, you know, he he's shown some flexibility and like being willing to tamper with the rotation. But at this point in the season, I think he's pretty stuck in his ways. And uh, part of why I think Kamari is so important is because I know that that will actually allow Chucky to get his break, but I don't think it should take, you know him returning to the bench for Chucky to get those kind of spells. I think he needs them anyway. Oh, well, for sure. Which he sat a little more, especially in the first half um, yep. last night than he usually did. Played a lot of small ball for having um, Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall each have four fouls. Nolan Winter only played what five minutes, six minutes. So he, guard, he, he didn't. Have, yeah, he didn't get a lot of spin. No, guard went small yesterday, which kind of surprised me and kind of disappointed me. Just because I love winter, but Ilver had that good little stretch, but then he turned the ball over. Yeah. 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 So I think that that's worth talking about right there. Um, you know, that that was the shakeup in the rotation. I mean, there was no Carter Gilmore. Um, you know, insert Marcus Ilver, who quite frankly, I think has shown quite a bit of growth this year. Like I he was probably one of the bigger question marks for me on the roster entering this season, just because we saw absolutely nothing from him last year that would have indicated that he was going to be, you know, closing in on somebody who you could count on for minutes. Um, but kind of intermittently throughout the year, he's he's made the most of the opportunities he's had. And uh, somebody who I, I've kind of routinely said, like, I, I'd like what Carter Gilmore gives the team in a, in a limited role, but that in a perfect world, Marcus Silver would absorb those minutes because of – he offers you a ceiling like he he brings a lot more offensively. And so the fact that last night we saw a switch there, um, I think is is encouraging because 
there's a lot more upside in what Ilver can potentially do in those minutes, and he's a better athlete than Gilmore is. If he made either one of those threes, I think the lid was going to pop off that place. Yeah, absolutely. He, he shot him confidently too, so I don't, I don't hate that he shot him. No, the only person who loves to see themselves shoot more on that team is Isaac Lindsay. Both those guys <laughs> love their jumper. Greenest Both of them Lee. love their yeah. I can respect that. I can respect <laughs> right. that. Yeah, I got Jay. You said it. Fifteen games into the season, we're like, man, team's deep. We got guys. Now it's panic nine one one. Um, we'll see how it affects us down the stretch. One thing I did like, he only had two registered field goals, but Blackwell was super aggressive. Yeah, I thought last night, getting especially you know getting to the free throw line. Um, so that was nice. Need a lot more out of that from him. And another thing too is I. He's probably not even at 100% yet. So we have a week off in between games, correct? Yep. So that's huge for a guy like that, coming back huge, from that hip injury. Huge for a guy like Kamari, too, who's yeah. out of a boot now and, you know, working his way back. I, You know, they're, they're not going to have a lot of time to reinsert him into the lineup, but uh, I, th- I think what he does well and the amount of minutes that they ask of him, I think that's something that you could get him back out there for five, five six yeah. minutes a night you know, before you look at the Big Ten tournament. I think it's big for this team in general to get some of this time off. Yeah, I think they want to get his feet wet probably for sure before the Big Ten tournament. Like, you don't want him first action to come back yeah. and be high stakes like that. That's Although, oh, like, against Illinois or Purdue, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, like, looking at the box score, talking about, like, how he's playing the starters so much, A.J. Storr was the only player to not play 30 minutes in the starting five. Yeah, and I, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that you know Maryland had no was, fouls. Well, Maryland was picking up, uh, you know, full full court, and let's let's call it what it is. AJ Store is not he, he's not comfortable in those situations when they go to double him. Like no, he can only guard, dribble with one hand. Guard simply doesn't trust him in those situations. Um, it, that's why he went with John. Like John was the the better option down the stretch. And AJ is a terrific free throw shooter. It had nothing to do with that, but you know Maryland has was running an effective trap at times, and Wisconsin has quite frankly struggled to to navigate that, you know, throughout the last couple of games. So it's nice to have someone like John back who you can trust. But uh, yeah, I think that was a big part of it. But yeah, it's like only starter under thirty, um, and all the other starters played at least thirty three minutes, and Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell had four fouls. So uh, that's just. A little eye popping to me, but I mean, I agree with you, Dylan. Like, I think you hit it on the head of why, but still, when you just look at the box score, you're like, huh, that's interesting. The only yeah, guy in the starting lineup without a foul played 28 minutes and or average to be our best player. It's not that crazy, but yeah, I mean, when everybody else is playing 30 plus, it's yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, I, I think the kind of go back to the depth conversation a little bit. Like, I, I, I do think at full health, like Wisconsin has good depth, but like, I think it only applies to the roles that is being asked of them. I don't think that in almost any case, other than maybe a John Blackwell, any of them are at a place in their development where they can slot into, you know, in a night where there's foul trouble, a bigger role than that. Like, I don't think. <clears throat> right now, a Nolan Winter, a Marcus Ilver, a Carter Gilmore. I don't think any of them are someone who can step in and play 20 minutes and feel really good about that. No. But I think if any one of them play 10 minutes, 
I'm not real concerned about what what they're bringing to the table. And so that's where it's kind of two pronged for me is like I, I do feel like there are more people on this team capable of seeing the floor, um, you know, th- than years past by a large margin. There are a lot of people deserving of the minutes that they're getting. But I don't know, again, outside of John Blackwell, that there's anybody on the bench who we think on any given night can do more than can do more and still remain effective when anything more is asked of them than it is on a nightly basis. And that, and that's a problem too. And I'm just going to say, looking ahead to next year, love to see us pick up a experienced card in the transfer portal. Wouldn't be mad at that. <clears throat> we'll see what direction Greg guard takes, but I can't wait for Daniel free tag to get to camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. he's going to be a, he's going to be a sick, special man. player. He's going to be yeah. so fucking sick, dude. And a rim protector. You need one of those. If Big Steve's not going to do it. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be in favor of a guy like Chris Vogt coming in. It's just, yeah, it, it, it's re- like that was just a dream fit. Um, but what a tough sell. You know, hey, I know you're in the portal looking for a bigger role, but do you want to come here where we have two yeah. veteran front court players who are going to play north of 30 <laughs> minutes a night? <laughs> and we'd like you to come in and block shots. For eight minutes a game. What do you say? <laughs> you could certainly sell somebody on it. Like you just you're not gonna get the high level play. There's plenty of guys at like D2 and D3. Like shit, you could find some of them at Elver Park or I was gonna say LA Fitness, but they don't have that medicine at the Princeton Club, where you you just have guys that just have verticals. Like you are just we need your energy. Like, there was a guy that was a walk-on on the Badgers not too long ago, probably about four years ago. I hooped with him at the surf. And it was just like, this kid was 6'11", just blocking shots. It's like, you just need somebody like that just to come in and play. Like Then you can buy those minutes where it's like, instead of Crowell and Wall both playing, what, 33, 35 minutes, it's like maybe they both play 32 minutes and this person's in there four to six minutes. Just like a high performer at like a D2, D3 that literally is just defensive and blocking, and you have some of that on your front line, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Like, Because you can't just give layups, and you can't like just let people get to the rim at will. Like, they got to be afraid of something. No, I'm in agreement with you, and I, I think that's part of where the transfer portal era has made – I mean, Greg talked about it as much, that like they, they did look for that player, and I can confirm that they were in contact with at least four people who fit that description – um, but if, if they didn't find somebody who they felt like was an absolute needle mover, which that didn't, that does not mean, you know, a guy who capable of scoring 10 points, just somebody who they felt like was the ideal fit for, for that role, um, you know, for the culture of the team, they, you know, then they were looking at their incoming freshman class and with a guy like winter and Yalden and like, okay, but do we do that at the expense of potentially losing a guy we put years into recruiting? And I think that they ultimately decided to weigh weigh that and figured like one of them internally will give us more than we got. And that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough balance to strike. And I think it's one that they're going to continue to find themselves in. But I, I agree. It would be, this team would easily be better if they had somebody who fit that description. Yeah. If we could get a big guy who's not white for like once in a decade, that would be fucking. I, sick. I wasn't gonna say it, but that that's I where will. I was going because it's the truth. I will. It's the truth. We like, got Chris Hodges on the bench. Yeah, what do you guys want? 
All due, all due respect <laughs> to Chris Hodges. But yeah, I, I'm out on Chris Hodges. <laughs> yeah. One more thing, though. Speaking of our bigs, another note I just kind of had um, after the game. Tyler Wall is playing the best basketball he's ever played in his life, right? It's the beard. I think so. Yeah. He's growing up right in front of our eyes, man. Yeah. He's turned into, into the Wolverine, and I'm here for it. Hey, the Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine. I love it. Yeah, Tyler Wall has been phenomenal. Um, he's been awesome. You know, I don't I don't think he's somebody who's like trying to be the 1A scoring option, but when the opportunities present himself, I think he's been really efficient and winning with footwork and I've never seen a player who loves a reverse layup more than Tyler Wall. No, that's his <laughs> bread and butter, baby. Like, dude, that would piss me off so much playing defense. Use that rim. Use that rim to shoot yeah. off the defender. I love defender. It. Yep. Drop drop step baseline, pivot one more time up and under. That's Cooler than the other that, side of the pillow, man. Dude, he had that one yesterday where he basically hit like a spin move and a half on the guy. Yeah, like, he, he, he hit the B button twice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, he traveled, right? And then they showed the replay. I was like, oh, that was fancy fucking footwork right there. <laughs> Just need Bob Cousy to throw him some passes. Right. <laughs> well, I think uh, that's a good enough spot as any to, before we get into a heavy discussion here and one that could end up being more spirited, uh, Gonna throw it over to our friends over at Autograph. Um, we're trying to reward people like you who are taking time out of their day to listen to this show. Uh, the company Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is trying to redefine the fan experience by letting users earn points for their acts of fandom that they take every day, like listening to the show. Um, the Autograph fandom app gives you access to all your favorite Wisconsin Badgers content all in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and more. Head on over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph and Rewarded and download it for free today using referral code BadgerNotes. All right, fellas. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we're going to enter this discussion. I don't know where each of you guys stand on this, um, but I want to turn it over to you guys first. Um, Two-pronged question, Jason. I want to give it to you. Where are you at uh, on, how, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hot you feel Greg Garden's seat should be, um, where you're at with him, and then kind of secondary question what would success look like to you for this team kind of turning things around during this home stretch uh the seat's cold because who else like who else are you gonna go get like every year i feel like when this shit happens when people are mad about guard they're like go get tony bennett we'll get newsflash guys tony bennett doesn't want to come coach at wisconsin yeah like gray guard has not i mean like i i don't I don't blame Greg Gard for all of their their shortcomings. Like sometimes <laughs> the players just have to make plays, and and down the stretch, like that's what I think has been happening more than a lack of Greg Gard. So the seat's pretty cold for me. Uh, we're pretty much in. I mean, it seems like we're a lock for the tournament. I mean, I'm I'm always content if we just get out of the first weekend of the tournament. So I, win a game, win two in the NCAA tournament, I'll be fine. I'll be I'll be annoyed at the moment, but I'll be fine. I mean, I I'm so flip floppy with with any Badger sports team, but like when AJ Storm made that dunk, I I was about to tweet like that's a season changing dunk right there. <laughs> Going to flip the season around, and, and eight minutes later, I turned the TV off. So like that's where, that's who I am as a person. <laughs> <laughs> it was like NFL uh, films when it's like oh, we all knew right then that one play. Yeah, we were gonna win. I had it typed. I was gonna send it to you guys. I was gonna send it to the, the other 
in the other batch notes chat. I was gonna tweet it out myself. And literally, <laughs> then I think Klesman missed a three, and I was like, "This team fucking sucks." I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Hey Jay, I respect that. You love with all your heart, man. Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's... I just I love so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, that's great. Um, for me, oh, Greg Gard, cold. I'm I'm kind of with you, Jay. Like, who are you gonna go get? And like, people are always gonna mention Tony Bennett. Well, go check on things down in Virginia right now. Not going too hot down there update um i mean yeah they won a title so good for tony i guess that should shut me up but <laughs> cold i mean greg i think greg guards a very good basketball coach um does he make me want to drive down to the coal center a couple times a year and just fucking throat punch him yeah but your basketball coach is supposed to do that like that's part of being a fan um, so I think it seeds cold. They'd be, I think they'd be dumb to fire guard. Um, and then successful season. I'm a Jay. If we make it to the second weekend, I'm fucking stoked. Um, this, this team has talent to make it to the second weekend or to lose by 20 to like whoever wins the Ivy league to or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If we play a 12 seed, super worried boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not an ideal draw. No. At all. Ryan, where are you at right now? Well, I think there's a lot to unpack. You know, obviously I have to make everything a lot more long-winded and needs to be. I think a lot of it is like what is what is the expectations? Like are is our expectations to win a national championship with Wisconsin or is our expectations to not be awful? Like I think I think knowing your expectations helps inform your mapping. So when I think about like how hot Greg Guard's seat is or it should be. Like, to me, I would say probably, uh, you said zero to 10, I'd say probably three. Like, eh, we're a little concerned. You're seven or eight years in, um, and it's the same thing every year. Like, but it all depends on expectations. I I, I look at it from, you know, you both cited uh, who are we going to go get, Tony Bennett. But at the end of the day, like, when you look at Chris McIntosh, the AD who's making all these decisions, like, he wasn't, he's not content with mediocrity or average. Like we could have stuck with Paul Chris. We could have stuck, stuck with, I mean, Tony Granato had cancer. Like good thing he's on the mend. I think he's in a remission, but by hiring fickle, like when we fired Paul Chris, like we didn't know we were going to get Luke fickle. So the idea of like, we can't fire great guard because we don't know who we're going to get. Like, you never, like maybe you could get someone great. No, I don't think he should be fired. Cause I, I agree. I think he's a good X and O's coaches, X and O coach. But I, I am a little bit concerned of like, depending on what the expectations are. Like once you look at the his overall record, like yes, he he has a great great regular season record, and Peyton Manning did too. And then when it came to the postseason, he was non-existent. And that's kind of what it is with Greg Gard. Like he's like Peyton Manning, which I mean I guess that's a good thing to be considered that. But if you look at ever since he lost Bo Ryan's players, he's had a, a missed tournament, a round of sixty four two round of 32s, a COVID year, and an NIT. COVID year national championship. Yeah, championship. Thank, yeah, thank championship. you. Put some respect on Greg Gard. Yeah. And, I, and I, was, I, was, I was talking with uh, Scary and Alvarez. A deep run into the NIT, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> and then lost to some turd from Texas. But, <laughs> but my point is I was talking with uh, Scary Alvarez on Twitter, and I was asking him, 
like when because he was he you know he always kind of quips at the people that are like fire guard and i i feel like i'm pretty apathetic at this point because i kind of just understand it is what it is like guard is going to be like he's going to run a great program it's going to be above board it's going to be classy but it does have limitations and i and i like to think of this team like if the expectation is to win a national championship you have to move on from guard like that's that's the reality but I think this the ceiling for this for the Greg Guard led teams is probably Sweet 16 because outside of not having Bo Ryan's players, he's never made it there without him. Um, and then I think the floor is kind of like <clears throat> fringe NCA tournament NIT. I don't Guard's never going to have a team that's like you know those Nebraska teams when Hoiberg first got there when they were god awful. Like Guard's never going to have one of those teams. It's going to like. High, low ceiling, high floor. It's just, it's always going to kind of be like it's been for the last eight years. So if we're content with that, then I don't think we should fire him. We should just keep, keep on keeping on. But if we want to win a national title, like you're going to have to move on just because it, talent acquisition over the last eight years shows that this kind of is what it is. You look at regular season records. This is like every year he gets double digit big 10 wins and can't get to the sweet 16. So, I mean, we kind of have eight years of evidence of what it is. I don't think he should be fired, but I also have low expectations because I'm becoming apathetic. I mean, I, expectations to win a championship when we had Bo Ryan? Like, look how long it took him to get to a Final Four. Like, before that, my expectations were never like, oh, Badgers better win a fucking championship at basketball. But that, that was also a different era, too. And I, I don't disagree with you. It took a long time. But Bo Ryan, I don't think, ever missed a tournament. Guards already missed two. No. And then... Also, this is a new age of college sports. Like with the NIL, you're like fans and donors and everybody that like chips in money wants you to win now. So the idea of waiting another like was like 12 to 14 years into Bo's tenure, like we're going to wait another five years for guard to make a run. Like that's not going to sit well with people that are like, hey, buy this. And I, I know these are people, but I'm talking about as like the asset. But like, hey, go buy that guy. He's he's 500,000. Go buy this guy. Oh, NF, uh, NIL, we got that. Like, if we're not going to compete in those worlds, like, this kind of is what it's going to be. So I think it's one of those things, like, we're not going to get to the mountaintop unless you do those things. You, it, both that's, things just, that's not their strategy as a basketball That's program. fine, and their strategy has been to not get to the Sweet 16. So if that's going to continue, you just – you can't keep doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting a different result. So as he continues to do the same recruiting strategy, the same kind of, you know, way he runs his program, which is fine. It's been very good. Like you've seen eight years now outside of the COVID year and two missed tournament years, he hasn't got to the Sweet 16 with his own players. So I don't I mean, think it's the same thing. Do you think he's just going to all of a sudden, boom, now he's going to win a national title with the same guys that can't make a tournament? But I don't think it's the same thing. Like he he didn't get AJ Store in his first six years and then he went and got AJ Store. And I don't think he's gotten a recruit like Daniel Freetag in his first six years. Yeah. Now he's but, getting him. But now I also has, think it's has, not the same as football because. Paul Chris was super outdated in his offensive schemes. Like that's why Paul Chris got let go because he wasn't advancing with college football. Wisconsin's offense and basketball has showed that they can score with any other team. It's not, that's not why they're having problems right now is because they can't score. Like, I don't, I don't think Wisconsin's basketball program is as outdated as Wisconsin's football program was, which is why I think that change made a lot of sense. I think a change right now, like I don't think bringing in a new coach is going to, suddenly no. make Wisconsin way more desirable to, to athletic wings or athletics, you know, big guys. I, I think it's a hard sell as it is. And I think, yeah, it's I, fucking cold. I, I, I mean, you just, I think you compare it, obviously like 
there's a lot of other bottom feeder teams that are are would kill to have the historic the history that Wisconsin has and have the stability that Wisconsin has. Like you can just, I mean, you can look at Iowa for example. Fran McCaffrey's been there forever, and he's never made it to pass a. He's never made it what to a Sweet Sixteen, or he's, he, he's, he's never been to a Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, which obviously that sucks, but like that they he we could be that. How mad would you be if we were that? Like we're are, not. Are we not that right now though? <clears throat> I don't think so. How's it any different though? If you're saying like Fran McCaffrey's never been to a Sweet Sixteen, you take out that last. Yeah, because he's been coaching there for as long as I've been alive. So, yeah, so here's kind of where I'm at with all of it is that I. I fully acknowledge that it is the goal to win a national championship for, for any program. However, I also think that yeah, the NCAA really tournament and their results are also severely overrated. Like I understand in the eyes of people who are going to review resumes, like that's going to carry significant weight, but how you perform as a whole and like in league play to me will always be more impressive than, like winning a Big Ten title to me is going to carry more weight than a Sweet 16 because at the end of the day, a Sweet 16 still wasn't that title. So like you're going to fall back. Like for me, the body of work, what you show consistently over a long season carries a lot more weight. And like for me, I, the reason that I don't I, – I do have some levels of concern about guard um, only from the standpoint of – I, I can agree with you, Ryan, that I think that there is a ceiling. Um, but I, I would say that most of the best coaches in college basketball, like unanimously, most of them haven't won a title and they may never because college basketball is by far, you know, going to be the hardest. It's the it's the hardest and most random sport of which like to try to win a national championship. And. So I think that your results, like in in the NCAA tournament, that yes, they matter. They absolutely matter for resume purposes. But Greg Gard has, you know, the ninth best winning percentage in league play He's, ever, yeah. ever. Like we're talking about a top ten winning percentage in the Big Ten conference history, which I think is significant. Um, you know, I. I think he is a, a really good program builder. He is going to have stability, and and I, I hear you, Ryan. Like I. I, I when people say like if the goal is not to win a championship then we need to move on and I like again to each their own um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't love the same I just don't know what head coach you go get that doesn't carry just a, a ton of potential downside like I don't know who you go get where you're just like now we are a title contender because even the some of the best head coaches that college basketball has to offer have never even come close to sniffing a national championship and you know I, I think that's kind of where I'm at um you know I, I for me I, I think that it is important that this team find a way to find some success in the postseason I want to see that for Greg because I think that is something that ultimately Greg has to prove um, in some capacity, like, you know, a lot of what I'm about to say, I will acknowledge is going to come off like excuses. I'm just pointing out some of the facts here, you know, like the 2020 COVID year that sucked. That was one of the best teams that, you know, guard has ever had. They were red hot. We never got, we never got to see, we, we, we don't know. And that sucks. You know, their, their round of 32 exit against Iowa state, Lauren Bowman, you know, 
essentially leaves the program for personal reasons. Then Chucky goes down. We don't have a point guard. And yeah. We were winning. We were winning handily, you know, prior to Chucky going down. And, and so that one sucks. You know, that's a, another Sweet Sixteen that they 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 don't go to as a result. And like at the end of the day, you need you need to win. It doesn't matter. Like those are those are excuses that you point to, and and it all sucks. You know, they're a a prayer from against Florida away from an Elite Eight. Like, but but they didn't. So at the end of the day, like they he, these things didn't happen. But, you know, these are a lot of the same things that, like, people used to complain about Beaufort. And because the internet was slightly less prevalent then, I, I think there are a lot of people that are having some revisionist history on other feelings of Bo. Like, I love Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan is my favorite coach of all time. Like, while I might not have been in that camp, there were a lot of people who were screaming from the mountaintop that a Sweet 16 wasn't enough. And and then yeah. he, did, he did eventually break through. And those credentials rewrote his narrative. You know, yeah. and now he's knocking on the door of the hall. But so I guess that's my very long-winded way of saying that I, I don't think ultimately on postseason success alone, which it matters. It, he's it six does. and five winning record in the tournament. Six it, and five. It, Two sweet sixteens, even though they weren't with his players, they still made it. It all of those things matter. And it's why I, I do think it's important that they they find a way to win a couple of games. Um I, I think in basketball, a lot of times it can come down to if you can get two, if you end up having two stars on the same team. It's also a sport where like your program can be elevated by just a couple of guys. You know, we saw it. We see what a guy like Store yeah. is doing. You know, if another person elevates their game or you you bring in somebody to fill Tyler Wall's spot in the transfer portal who's a game changer, like a lot, lot of variables. Maybe these things don't happen, but. I, I think there's a world where they could break through. It, it's just, I, I hear you. Like, if the expectation was to win a championship, like, I don't think we're probably going to ever enter a season thinking we're not we are that we are a title contender like we felt like in 2014-15 where I think anything short of a Final Four would have felt like we fell short. Yeah. You know, like, that, those were, I don't think we're probably ever going to have that, you know, under, under guard. I, I, I genuinely don't think but, so. But... With like basketball, said, with it being so high variance, yeah, and all it takes never know. Like you said, all it takes is one guy. Steph Curry went to Davidson and almost fucking led them do a title by himself, scoring like forty points a game against everybody. Like he, all it takes is one guy to completely no, turn makes, your program around. And that makes sense. And I and I understand that like the the, the postseason is a crapshoot, but at the end of the day, you, you mm. have to hit once in a while because if if you go to the gambling table and you never win, maybe you should stop gambling. Like that's. And the two things that I would point out, like, I'm not going to get my money back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to push back on the, you said Dylan and, and not necessarily push back because I'm not, like I said, I've kind of gotten apathetic with the basketball. Like I enjoy watching it, but I also have low expectations. The, the two things I'd point back is like Bo had built an incredible program. So when guard took over mid season, when Bo basically retired, so guard would have his audition to be a head coach he didn't take over some of these dumpster fires where he had to recreate. So getting a lot of those wins, like he already had the foundation built. So did he, did he do his job and do a great job to build the program after Bo left? Absolutely. But it's not like he took over Nebraska or some of these teams that were like barely winning any league games and had to find his own recruits, find his own pipelines. Cause I think that's a little bit different. Also like winning the big 10 regular season. That is, that is impressive. 
But at the end of the day, regular season, to me, and this is just my opinion, my opinion only not supported by Badger Notes or any of its affiliates, but regular season titles to me don't don't mean much. And I appreciate that they I appreciate that they mean something to others. But to me, there's a reason why like the Bucks don't really care about hanging central division title winners because they won their league or won their division or won their league. I feel like, like that's way different. But at the end of the day, you're you're winning so you can get to the postseason and get something better. Like nobody ever looks back and say, You were the best team in the like the 18 and 1 Patriots. No one cares that they were a one game away from winning winning this uh or going undefeated in the 72 like you lost when it mattered so at the end of the day it's like i know it's a crapshoot but if you want to be a great coach and you want to be remembered just like you were saying earlier about bo ryan like until he broke through that changed the narrative of his credentials like greg guard is gonna be this guy until he's not but it's like what if he's never that guy then how many years do you go by and i'm like i said before and, and i won't keep keep yammering but I don't think he should be fired, but I also don't think much is going to change that we haven't seen in the last eight years. I have a question for you then, Ryan, because like it seems like it's like a current thing or you're like, what have you done for me recently type thing. Wisconsin has more wins in the last four years than Michigan State does. So like, would you fire Tom Izzo? Uh, would I fire him? No, because he has credentials. Like he's he's won national titles. But they're kind of going down the same path Wisconsin is, where they haven't done anything in the last four years. So, but but you have a resume though. Like I get what you're saying, that like it that would that would to me would align more like Paul Christ. Like, are you are you keeping up? Or are you falling behind? But that's again, I don't know if Tom Izzo is necessarily chasing regular season titles because he knows what matters is in March. So it's like a lot of times you see, you you see it with Calipari too, like. You've seen years where they had multiple regular season losses, and then when they get in the tournament, you don't want to play them because they all know it matters in March. So I, I get what you're saying, but for me, I'm not I'm not big on the regular season things. I think it matters way more in college than it does pro sports, and especially when you're playing in a league like the Big Ten for basketball or even in football now. Like to say you won the league in the regular season, like that's a huge accomplishment to me and i feel like it holds way more weight than winning the nba fucking central or whatever it is like just people on the outside care about the badgers winning the big 10 more than they do about the bucks winning the division i feel yeah like that. that was probably a bad example but like what do you think what carries more weight winning the big 10 tournament uh that's coming up in a few weeks or winning the big 10 regular season what do you think is more impressive i think the regular right. season regular yeah. season by a mile and it's, i think it's, i think the committee I think the committee values regular season way more than more than I mean, like the seeds will be done before the Big Ten championship even ends half the time. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think when the pressure mounts the most, that's where champions are. I, I'm just I'm a big postseason guy, and I say that as an Arizona Cardinals fan who have been dog shit my entire life <laughs> and have no, not very many postseason things to, for me to watch. Yeah, but I, I can value that more than that. that yeah, fuck you. <laughs> But and one thing too, like I get this isn't the point you're making because, like we're not an upper echelon, but we're we're solid, well respected basketball program. And you're talking about like Greg Gard being a great coach, but like, as far as like winning like the regular season, like there's some teams from like the SWAC, who that's how these guys get into the tournament and like have the biggest moments of their life. Or like, a lot of guys from small schools winning the regular season or winning 
the conference tournament and like that's how they get in like that's how you start making a name for yourself so like that shit matters like when murray state won like 30 something games or whatever and won their conference like that matters that's huge for that team and then to get into the tournament for those guys so i think that's where that's important yeah but as they won like regular season get in right they didn't win their regular seat because those automatic qualifier bit or those automatic bids they don't go to league i don't know if they won i don't know if they won their tournament that year well, then they probably got in as at large. I'm pretty sure the yeah. automatic bid qualifiers, you have to win the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because the tournament means more than the regular season. For non-power fives, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Right. What Wisconsin does in the Big Ten tournament does not matter this year. No. If they, I mean, to some extent, if they win it, they're going to be a two seed. If they don't win it, they're going to be a five seed. I don't know. If, there, if there's trophies at the end, that uh, those are the, that to me that always carries more weight the hardware. I think just to take a step back and kind of just uh, you know a, a well you a get a trophy for both don't you? A, a smaller variation of what we're talking about here, um, just in terms of the 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 fire guard crowd, and I, I think we're all on the same page in terms of just saying that like we don't necessarily think he right now what is happening like this you know quite frankly like mid to late season collapse that we're experiencing i think we're at least on the same page like this is not on its own a reason to fire him and i think that's probably been maybe maybe my my greater point here and maybe where or my issue with anyone who is in that camp because of what is happening in the here and now is that if you are chris mcintosh you were hired to make significant decisions and if you are emotional enough to you know make you know make pull the trigger on something because of a six seven game span like then you're not the right person for the job like you know play the year out they completely shit the bed you know in in unimaginable ways and you know you walk away feeling terrible terrible about things then reevaluate it but like to mid-season fire someone because of a seven game stretch I, i think is just I think that on its own is wild. Um, Anybody that I don't know how you get to that place and should be admitted to a seventy-two hour cycle, because like at the end of the day, he's too he's won too many games to get fired. Missing. I think even if they shit the bed, and and I know you want to transition, if the, if they literally shit the bed, don't win another game the rest of the season after Maryland, I think he's probably a, a three on a zero to ten hot seat. I still don't even think you fire him because he has the cachet of what he's done. I think a lot of what you got to do, like when they fired Paul Chris. <laughs> Like Jay was saying, like he wasn't he wasn't going with current times. You have to look down the road. What are you projecting him to do? If it's going to be the same thing for the next eight years and you're okay with it, don't fire him. But if you say he shit the bed, he's not getting better, you want to go here and your goals don't align, then you think about it. But anybody that's saying right. and, and I know a couple of them that say fire guard, like you're you're a lunatic. Like he he's won too many games, he's too respected, he runs a good program. If you want to fire midseason. I think the problem is in the mirror. Well, I think on a, a more positive note here, you know, since you just classic short episode, hour and 10 minutes in, we still got two segments. <laughs> okay, we literally just spent 25 minutes arguing just to argue. <laughs> yeah, we all agree. <laughs> like, <fuck> you. <laughs> we're, 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 we're just going to we're just going to cut that out. We all started uh, taking like, <laughs> different tangents into the argument into a different argument. It was electric. This is what yeah, we married. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. All right. Uh, let's on a, on a more positive note. Uh, time to hand out some big dogs of the week. Let's let, let's push a little positivity, Jay. What do you think? Who's your big dog of the week? Uh, I don't have a big dog of the week. 
<laughs> me, either, me either, man. What do you got, Ryan? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I'm going to go with one that's a couple weeks old just because I was sick last week. But big dog of the week, Leo Chanel. You guys brought him up a little bit earlier. Uh, two two NFL seasons, two world championships. The, the, the time he doesn't win a Super Bowl, he's going to probably wonder what his career really is. Um, but big dog of the week made a, made a forced fumble. I believe he blocked a kick, right? Yeah, he did. That was huge. Dog of the weeks. He's dog of the month for me, actually. I'm just dog of the month. Anytime a Badger wins a Super Bowl, like that's just a little extra chip in my heart, a little, a little piece of love in there. So, Mm -hmm. Leo Chanel, dog of the month for me. I love it. Big dog. I I got a little dog of the week of the month. Who's that? Greg Scruggs for all time. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he was playing. Um, I got two big dogs of the week. Um, first big dog, uh, Charlie Woods, which found oh, out today. Yeah. Found out today. You want to know his full name? Charlie Axel Woods. What an absolute uh, fucking name! I'd I would be going go my middle name on that one. I'd be going by Axel. Axel <laughs> Woods, dude. Are you kidding me? Um, but no, he's entering a like a pre qualifier for a PGA event. And so if he finishes, I think, on the top 25, I think it's this weekend, um, then he gets to play on Monday. Is it tomorrow? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then he gets to play on Monday, and if by some act of God, I mean, chances are unlikely, but he makes it in that qualifier. He'll be 15 years old playing in a PGA event. So shout out Charlie Axel Woods, one of the big dogs of the week, for just having the balls to be like, you know what, I'm going to go play with the pros this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It'd be stupid. It'd be so sick if Tiger was his caddy too. Oh, I wonder That'd how many strokes so you'd have to give us if we four or, or one of Tiger's mistresses, right? Well, he's cleaned up. He's on, he's on the Don't straight you, and narrow now. You watch your, your yeah. All right, I'm talking about a man who has been like... six figures on hookers. He, you tell me he's clean. <laughs> hey, in a week, right? it was, was a, a, work in a weekend. <laughs> not as clean as you think. Like I've I've seen the documentary. I, yeah, that was, I don't I, I don't you took that wrong. That was not disrespect. <laughs> no, that's not, I, that was, I don't see the problem with it, Dylan. That was respect. <laughs> that was putting respect on his name. Blow, blowing hundred K on fucking hookers and blow every weekend in Vegas while winning like 80 golf tournaments. Yeah, big that's the big yeah. dog. <laughs> but oh shout out Charlie Woods. I thought that was super cool when I saw that today. And then the second big dog of the week. It was, uh, I think, either Friday or Saturday night, late night, about 11, 15. My, my little Tommy, did, your boy was getting hungry. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to cook. I'm going to order some Domino's. Waiting. They got the Domino's tracker. Best thing in the world. Always tell them, hey, leave the, leave the uh, pizza in the mail room. I'll come get it. I don't, we don't need to talk. This doesn't have to happen when we're doing it. I love the contact, contactless delivery. Um, but so I get a text saying, Hey, this is your Domino's driver orders in the mailroom. And you can tell it's like from a not automated number because of the area code, obviously. So I stepped in and saw the biggest I opportunity. Saw, I saw your tweet <laughs> And replied to him with the big dog meme with my face on it. <laughs> replied instantly, dude, with a couple emojis. I was like, fuck yeah, big dog. That dude knows what I'm about. There's probably some like 16-year-old there just driving around getting high, delivering pizzas on a Saturday to fat fucks like me who don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> so shout out that Domino's driver. He, he or she uh, deserves a raves. 
then that's my big dog of the week. Yeah, I, I love I love that. It's people like that. It's those little moments where yeah. they just uh, make a significant impact. Dude, that's like a life changing moment for me. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do it tonight. Okay, that got dark. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, what are we doing here this week? Well, you know, I sounded like a, an old curmudgeon when I was complaining about the Pro Bowl watching flag footballs, and I didn't think it could get any worse. And uh, the NBA said, hold my beer. Dude. I did not watch a single dribble of that game, but just scrolling on the bird a couple swipes and seeing some of those highlights. Dear God, what are we doing? I've seen I've seen the Badgers in pregame when I get there earlier to get my Coors Light tall boy give more effort in warmups than I saw in an NBA All-Star game with some of the best athletes on the planet. Like 200 points to 108. I understand you don't want to play world-class defense. Gotcha. No, no need to get hurt. But some would be nice. Like maybe even not cherry picking the whole game. I literally thought it was like an like just a show, like a skills challenge. I was seeing some of these. I'm like, is this the game? <laughs> what are we doing here? Like NBA, take the NFL's advice. I don't know what the equivalent of flag football to football is for the NBA, but maybe just get the guys some Fisher Price and let them play with kids on the floor. Because I don't, I don't understand the appeal. Obviously, I didn't watch it, but I can't wait to see what the ratings were on that. All right, I got to it on for like a, a minute and watched Luca throw up a three quarter court shot with about yep. 45 seconds left in the quarter, and I was like. Because they're like, oh, you must have wanted a two for one. He hit like the top of the backboard. I was like, what the fuck was <laughs> yeah. that? He, Luca tweeted at halftime. He's like, two for one analytics. <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, exactly. Game. Yeah, Ryan, you I mean, didn't. It was cool watch. when Dame pulled up from half and hit it, but Luca yeah. was just like, ah, fuck it. Like, they were literally just fucking around. Oh, and here, here's so that that was my what are we doing here? I got another one too. Carl Anthony Towns trying to be a superhero. What are we I, doing here? Yeah, I don't like that guy. Like, why are you shooting 40 times in a 35, 40 times in a game? Bro, you are cheeks. Just stay wherever team you're on this week. Timberwolves, I think. How are, first of all, how are you an all-star? Second of all, who who gave you the green light for 38, 40 shots? Goodness gracious. What are we doing here? NBA all-star game and Carl Anthony Towns showing up once a year for this. His girl was sitting courtside. He was trying to win that MVP. You kidding me? I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be doing, bro. If I was in the All Star game, every moment I touch the ball, that motherfucker's going up. I ain't get what's an assist, dude. We're getting yeah, buckets well, out here. About, there's about twenty Brandon Coopers out there, <laughs> and it's miserable to watch. I like. I agree with you. It was fucking terrible. The whole weekend was terrible, except uh, should have been or will be another big dog. Uh, Michael Parsons had 37 points in the Celebrity All Star game. Also, I believe he shot at 34 times in the Celebrity <laughs> All-Star game. So, <laughs> I, I got to be honest, didn't pay attention to the Celebrity All-Star game, but would would have expected that 37, but on that many shot attempts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Probably more Again, entertaining, better defense, too. That's a uh, Dude, the dunk contest was horrendous. They need to do something about the dunk contest. I can't yeah. – I don't want to watch – Four people just jump over people all night. Like three different people jumped over Shaq. I was like, all right, what yeah, are we doing? And the one like put a guy in a chair and then jumped over. Jalen Brown like put Kaisen in a chair, yeah. jumped over him and dunked left handed. It was like, and like Shannon Sharp, <laughs> Sharp said, he's like, he's three feet standing up yeah. in a chair. I saw that. Let me let me pose this question. Reference the dunk contest. 
has it regressed to this point because human beings have just physically accomplished all of the imaginable dunks There's got to be something a human being could do. Like, is, I is thought, that where, is that why we're here? I, I saw Aaron Gordon. I is in the dunk contest, and the dude could hardly dunk. Yeah, so, like <laughs> let a guy in the G League get it. Yeah, and Mac McClung has bunnies, but like, let's yeah, be real. but still, he's in the G League. If LeBron was doing the dunk contest. Years you ago, gotta get you gotta get your stars to do it. Yeah. I don't even care if LeBron does anything creative. Like if you look at the old dunk contests, like the Vince, like yeah, Vince Carter yeah. was insane, but like Jordan was in it. Kobe was in it. LeBron's yeah. never done it. Yeah, yeah. Get LeBron in there. Get uh, Paolo Banchero. Get get Victor Wembanyama's uh, whatever. Uh, electric as hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like even if he just does a windmill, like. I mean, Dwight Howard was in it. Like, yeah. what creative dunks was he doing? Like, Dwight Howard was you gotta sick, get your, You got to get your stars in there. And I'm trying to remember what Slender Man. Like raise the hoop. They got to do like a raise, like a high jump type thing. It's like start on 10 feet, and then if you make that dunk, go up to 11. Make that dunk, go up to 12. Or just do that. something. Let's like, see if like, somebody can dunk on a 16-foot hoop. That's what I want to see. <laughs> but like, people can get creative. Like I was – Aaron Gordon jumped over a mascot and put the ball – underneath his legs with his legs like horizontal basically it was one of the greatest athletic feats i've ever seen and just because we've seen the dunk before doesn't mean that everyone can execute it exactly like go do it and without mistakes like that alone is what's impressive i mean if you do it 10 times and you only hit it once like oh cool finally about damn time you made it and no props no props i hate that (laughs) Vince, vince carter put on the coolest dunk contest display ever and I do not believe he used a single prop. He just was like, I'm about to do 360 windmills and put my fucking armpit in the rim, guys. <laughs> and it the, was the, the, only pushback, the only pushback I've got on the props is I once saw a tweet of Adam Hintz jumping over a car in somebody's driveway <laughs> and dunking on a seven-foot hoop. And that was electric. That was electric. <laughs> that video and tweeted that video. <laughs> that that was that was electric, and so I would say I'm pro props, but mostly because right, I'm right. jumping over a car in a driveway. Yeah, that was maybe seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro props, like for back backyard basketball dunk contests with the boys. But when we got the professional athletes, and Ryan couldn't agree with you more, you need the biggest names in the sport to do it. It's just like the home run derby. Like the MLB doesn't want someone from, and I love my Pirates, but they don't want someone from the fucking Pirates in the home run derby unless they're in Pittsburgh. They want Mike Trout. They want Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They want these dudes who are going to hit it fucking 500 feet. You got to get want to be. Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be huge. Also, kind of got to question LeBron on never wanting to do the dunk contest. I agree. All so the greats have done it. it. We are it, we're, we're starting to reach the danger zone at over an hour and 20 minutes here. Uh, Ooh, just going to kind of throw just going to throw it up in the air. Who's got some what are we doing here's and can we get them? Can we end this show under an hour and a half? <laughs> well, I have to go, so Coop can go, yeah. My, All right, Coop. We can skip mine. Let it go. <laughs> well, we can go with Jason too. I no, mine's dumb. No, it's not, Jason. We we have eight minutes. <laughs> we we in a perfect world we can get both these off. But yeah, you know us. Um so I got a couple. What are we doing here? Surprise. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Who might not get um, Update on the Young Thug trial for everyone out there. Dylan, yeah, I, I was, I've, been, I've been waiting on this. I, yeah. I inquired. Yep. So uh, trial started back up again this week. 
Um, I think they had something last week too, but nothing really came of it. Um, they had to take a break because one of the defendants got stabbed in prison. So they had to suspend the trial a little bit for that. You know, yeah, exactly, naturally. Um, but yesterday, uh, there was a phone call played from 2013 um, with a, a woman uh, alleged, alleging that Young Thug um, was the shooter in a certain situation. And her quote was, the guy who shot him was Young Thug, whoever the fuck that is. So that was the... Uh, like recording so not great for our boy young thug that that phone call came out um also not great her character yeah also not great it wasn't his lawyer but um it was like another defendant who's part of the gang and like getting all the charges with him uh his lawyer nicole fagan um got arrested this week so that's gonna suspend the trial uh she got arrested for gang activity so uh, that's tough. That's a We're tough doing it. look. That's the that's the most Atlanta lawyer thing to do. I want my lawyer to have gang activity if <laughs> I'm getting tried in Atlanta. So, yeah, she got hit with gang gang related charges. So not great for uh, Young Thug down there. But I will keep you updated as soon as we know more. I believe the trial will. Continue. He needs to pound that Bible study. I tell you, he needs to do something. He pushing positivity, he, baby. Get, uh, uh, He's got to be close out of it by now. But. He pushed all the positivity. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> He's probably running out of money. Um, and then another, what are we doing here? So there's a dog park, uh, like a, maybe not even a mile away from my apartment. Kind of a nice little quaint dog park in the community. Love going there. Um, issue I ran into the past two days I've gone there. People just aren't picking their dog, like, dog shit up. What are you doing here as a dog owner? It's not that hard. Do you think I want to pick up fucking poop all the time? My dog is gigantic. This dude takes fucking human shits, elephant shits. I've got to pick it up. I've had it on my hands before. If you listen to the pod, you know that story. Like, no one wants to do it, but it's part of owning a dog. Instead, I got Marshawn walking through fucking dog shit. Him and I walking through fucking dog shit at the dog park. And then he gets in my car, and I don't know if it's mud or fucking dog shit getting out of the back of my seat. And then I get him back to the apartment, and he doesn't want to fucking, he needs a treat right away. So he's running around the fucking apartment before I can wipe his fucking paws off, getting dog sh- shit slash mud everywhere. I got it on my fucking shoes. Stresses me out. I really fucking hate it. There was one dude I was there yesterday. It was me and one other person. There's only us two, two dogs in the dog park. Dude's dog took a shit, and he just kept walking like it was nothing. I beelined that. Like, I was all across the dog park, dude. Beelined that motherfucker. Handed him a bag. I was like, clean up after your fucking dog, man. And then I left just because you never know what people are capable of nowadays. <laughs> so <laughs> he looks like he he looked like he might have had a gun on him. So I had to get out of there. Um, but that's another one of the, what we're doing here is. And then my last one, this was just me in a certain state of mind last night. Because I saw a video of a polar bear just chilling. Like, how do zoos get animals? How do you capture? <laughs> how do you capture a fucking polar bear, dude? Like, who was who was out with the fellas? And I think, like, you know what we need to do? Capture one of those and ship that motherfucker to Madison, Wisconsin. That's what we need to do. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Like, how do? How are there so many drafts in America? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Have you heard of this weird thing called birth? <laughs> a lot of times they're birthed in the zoo. 
Yeah, but like, how did we get the first one there? Oh, <laughs> you don't want to know. Well, I mean, yeah, I got some guesses, but I know we had an arc situation way back in the day. But oh, still, shout out Noah. Yeah, but I was like, man, like, who's like we need to capture? Pull like bears. Like, how do you? How did the first person do that? So. What are we doing here, guys, with me? Maybe I'm just an idiot and I could Google this. But I've been thinking about this all day. This like, probably warrants a trip to Henry Violet Zoo and, like, we'll get some answers. Yeah. We should do a live show from there, from the bear <laughs> exhibit. Like, how did the first zoo ever get a motherfucking hippo? They can run, like, fucking 30 miles an hour, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty and, sure they get them as, like, real real talk, I think they get them as babies. Like, they're not taking no to a full-grown adult crocodile and hippos. They get babies. They're pretty grown when I go to the zoo. Huh? <laughs> no shit, Coop. They get older. Like they don't stay babies forever. I'm just saying. Like I've never, like I've rarely seen a baby, fucking hippo. What's well, because it's the size of like a, a Mack truck? Just uh, I'm just throwing it out there. That's something to chew on, and I, I say we circle back to this conversation in a week. Uh, Put a pin in it. Jay, bring us home, baby. Who got is, three in in four minutes? That peacock, was, I did my best. Peacock, 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 peacock sucks. It's still. Oh. I love peacock. Actually, I, I'm totally lying. <laughs> oh, okay. The basketball games on there is kind of funny. The basketball game last week, the Badgers played on peacock. I swear to God, when they did the intro, whoever put the graphic up on the screen, absolutely 100% made it in Microsoft Word clip art. It was like I did it. And I was to do the podcast or something because it was so low budget, it was ridiculous. And then yesterday could have been my internet, but I have pretty good internet. I, I don't I don't have to write any letters to my internet company. Uh, I felt like I was watching it on like a Motorola Razor half the time. It just kept getting like fuzzy on me, and it was frustrating me. So I was going to blame Peacock. Peacock, what are we doing here? Hire a real uh, graphic designer to do real graphics. See, I've never had an issue watching any game on Peacock. I have a, a great experience on Peacock. And I love, I still can't get over the little three thing when the team hits the three. And it's like the foam <laughs> finger. <laughs> they could have the worst broadcast and production ever. And as long as they had that, they got me hook line. So that's what they did. They did. They cheaped out on the, on the Badger logo on the first graphic <laughs> so they could put all their money into the three-point graphic. Well, you have to. That's <laughs> trust not checkers, brother. <laughs> Well, fellas, this has got to be our longest episode right up against it. So uh, if anybody is listening, if you've listened to this point, if you listen to the entire show, reach out to me. Like, I feel like we owe you some kind of reward. Like, if there's a human being out there that listened to this start to finish, like, like shake your hand. Uh, we'll come up you. with something. But uh, if you let, work us, know, let zoo, us know in the comments. If you work <laughs> at his new, hit, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> buddy do i have questions <laughs> and uh we're, we're gonna leave you with that we'll catch you back here next week and uh on wisconsin <laughs>